Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again. Jesus Christ, 13 wins. I Listen, you I, know, I said. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Kiseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Battered Fins Fans Podcast. As usual, I am the bearded fanatic. That is the Battered Jet fan himself, Mr. Danny Granada. And Danny, we're celebrating a week one victory. You are not, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But before we get started, I appreciate everybody that's around. We have another big guest with us today. Last week, we had the pleasure of having the 305 Sports Fame on our show. And I said, you know what? We got to get another huge Dolphins fan on the show again. I don't I don't think it gets any bigger. I don't think it does get any bigger. When you are considered the NFL fan of the year for the year of 2020, um, he is the host, one of the hosts on DolphinsTalk.com. You could also follow him on Twitter at Ian693. We're going to give a big welcome to Mr. Big E himself. Ian, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really appreciate it. And I love your... Uh, I love your intro with Nick Saban. I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> yes, there you go. You know, one of the, one of the things that uh, when we were putting that video together and that montage together, Danny is like, well, it is the Battered Fins fan show. He does the Battered Jets fan show, which I co-host with him as well. And we'll get into that in a second. He is a huge Jets fan, as I am the b- huge Dolphins fan. He said, let's go and pick some snippets of battered examples i'm like well the dolphins have so many i sent them like 29 <laughs> and he picked he picked the like i guess the three best ones and then a couple snippets from our shows that we did in the preseason but nonetheless i appreciate you being here because you're a big guy and i don't mean just in the name i mean you're you're a pretty famous dolphin fan and i appreciate the fact that when i reached out you were super open to it and i appreciate you being here now i i i thank you and uh uh, you know, an opportunity to, to, to be your second guest. I, you know, I, I, I say all the time, cause we've, we've got some great podcasts that are out there as, as Dolphins fans, as you do for Jets fans as well, you know, and, and I, I respect everyone who, who puts these together cause it's not easy. Number one. And no. number two, it takes a lot of work to do what you guys do. So, uh, a lot of respect, a lot of praise for me. And, and I'm so just happy to be on with you guys tonight. I appreciate, I appreciate that. I love I had, so, I had a quick question for you. I'm sorry yes, to interrupt you, man. No, no, go for quick. it. No, no, go for now, it. Manny told me that you were the NFL fan of the year. What what comes into that? Is that is that does the team nominate you or how does that work? So so little slight correction and uh, and it's okay. I don't mind being named the NFL fan of the year, but I ended this, up being this, this the Miami third. Dolphin. The Miami Dolphin. I was okay. the Miami Dolphins fan of the year. Yes, yes I was yeah, the Miami yeah. Dolphins fan of the year for 2020. And what happened was um, they go through a nomination period where Anyone can nominate themselves. Other people can nominate other people. And then all those nominations go to the organization. And with the Miami Dolphins, they looked through all the nominations. And I was honored and blessed to be selected. Um, Travis Wingfield, who does a lot of the stuff for the Miami Dolphins through their podcasting network, um, he was the one who delivered it to me in one of his podcasts. That's awesome. Um, and, And with that, there are 32 NFL fans of the year. You know, we have an opportunity. I did it during the pandemic year, so there was a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of Zoom. We had an opportunity to have a Zoom with Roger Goodell and ask him questions. Uh, We had Chris Carter as one of our Zooms as well, where we got a chance to ask him questions. Uh, A lot of other players. 
we got a chance to talk to the uh, the challenge officials that, that do like the challenge, the official challenges during an NFL okay. game. Um, so we got a, a chance to do all that stuff. But then what happened was um, the final three uh, in the contest for, for 2020 had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl um, in Tampa with Kansas City. It was a Tampa, Kansas City. And I was again blessed to uh, to be honored. That was something that the NFL went through all the 32 finalists, uh, and they came down to the final eight, and I made the final eight, and then they whittled it down to the final three, and I made it to the final three. And unfortunately, actually fortunately, uh, my friend Brandon, who was the Tennessee Titans fan of the year, ended up winning it all for that year. But the man does amazing things with uh, with kids uh, at risk in Tennessee, so. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better person to win it all. And I got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So you'll ne- I will never complain about that. And the experience was just amazing. Shout out that, to Brendan. Yes. That sounds awesome. Okay. Well, congrats on being the top three. Thank you. Thank you. So let, let's get into a, a little bit of our, our week one, um, Biggie and Danny. Um, let's recap the Patriots-Fins game. And one of the big things that I took away from the game and we talked about it last week, and I'll just give you a little snippet of last week, um, Ian. When we were talking with uh, 305 Sports Babe and talking to Danny about it, I said one of the things that I wanted to see come into this game, which I think, you know, if you recall from last season, we won a lot of games, you could say, in spite of Tua, not necessarily because of Tua. And I said I, one of the big things that I wanted to see come into this game was um, I wanted to see us win because of him. Now, that's just my selfish view on it because I'll tell you one thing. I, I wasn't a a fan, to, to, no pun intended, of us drafting to a number five. I always wanted Justin Herbert. Danny could allude to that even before the draft. Um, but as soon as he got drafted, Danny will tell you, I bought my Tua jersey right away because I support who's on my team. But that's the one I think wanted selfishly was I wanted to win. I mean, I wanted him to be the reason we won. Didn't turn out that way. And I guess we'll start there. A win is a win at the end of the day, but I, I kind of want your thoughts on it. We obviously didn't win because of him, but we also didn't lose the game because of him. The guy did not have any turnovers. Did he miss a few throws? Sure. But he did what he always does. He managed he managed the game very well, and we eventually got the win. And, and, and I think that's the way I look at it as well. I, I'm, I'm super happy that we not only won the game, but we won against the stinking Patriots. Um, and, you know, an AFC East opponent. Those games are never easy any way you look at it. Um, and the defense was as advertised, I guess you could say. You know, everyone expected the, basically the same defense from last year to come out strong with Josh Boyer being the defensive coordinator. And we got exactly what we expected from the defensive side of the ball. On the offense, we've got some new playmakers. And I think when you got the ball in the hands of Tyreek, he made plays. When you got the ball in the hands of uh, Chase Edmonds, he made some additional plays, some additional moves. Same thing with Raheem Mostert, right? And adding Teron Armstead was a difference maker on the offensive line. But I wanted to see more with with uh, with Tua. And I think we will see more with Tua as each week progresses because I think this, is, this game was the first time you got a chance to see this core offensive unit playing together. All the preseason games when we were up against who was the Eagles and the Raiders, these guys were not all on the field together. 
Yep. It was, you know, Tyreek was sitting, Waddle was sitting because he was nursing his leg for a little while there, or Tua didn't play a game. So I think we are seeing a first step, which is let's get him in, let's get the ball into the playmaker's hands. The next step is building Tua's confidence to be able to say, throw it down the field like you did to open up the Philadelphia Eagles game. Let Tyreek make a play on the ball. I mean, he did that once. It was a 50-50 ball, and, get, and guess what? Tyreek snatched the ball out of the yes, defender's hand. I don't um, even think it was 50-50. Tyreek did one hell of a play there. because It looked like an interception that he yeah. stole away. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, But I, I, think, I think that Tua comes from the mindset, or maybe, he, maybe it's Brian Flores that brainwashed him, that was don't make the riskier throws. Make the throws that you are 90% sure you're going to be like able that. to get a completion. And maybe it's something that he needs to kind of unlearn with Mike McDaniel. And clearly, and, and this is not, this is by, by and large or, or by and far, it's not hating on Tua. Not at all. Because I, I think I'm like you. I really want to see this kid succeed. I love yep. him as a person. He is the quarterback of my team. I don't want to see another person come in and, and take over for him. I want to see him be successful. And also, you know, I want, I want the fan base to unite for this team and i think right now he is he is one of he is the play out of anybody on our team that is really creating division because you've got some people that are saying he can't do it and you've got some other people that are saying he can do it so i i want to see him be successful i think he can be and i think mike mcdaniel the way that he motivates people i think he's going to get inside to his head and say listen i'm never going to be upset at you if you throw the ball down the, down the field 40 yards you know, and then all of a sudden it's a it's an interception, right? Because right. we're going to go back and we're going to try it again the next time. We need that, right? Yep. And I, and I, I, I no good. I was going to say I appreciate that 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 viewpoint because that's exactly how Danny and I see it. And going to Danny, a lot, one of the things we talked about last week was the fact that we have so many people who are either again very far left or very far right when it comes to the argument of Tua Tonga Bayaloa. Most of us live right in the middle. We want him to succeed. We want him to be great. You know, we'll take games where he's just a manager but we also want to see the taking over games from him it doesn't have to be every game but we want to see that he's capable of doing that kind of how he did in college but danny going back going to you now a win is a win right most definitely and i think that biggie brought a, a great point up where he he said ryan flores i think really messed with his confidence because you go from one extreme to the other his rookie year he has a a semi-bad first half, third quarter, and then Brian Fitzpatrick comes in as the closer. I've never seen such a thing. And that can't who who is gonna come into a game confident when they know they're not gonna end the game. And then to do it again the next week. And it became like a routine. Like he completely ruined his confidence. If if the things that they were saying that he would tell to about how he wished he would have drafted somebody else or he wanted to get uh Deshaun Watson. Supposedly like if those things supposedly, are true, yeah if those right, things are supposedly. true like you can't expect a young quarterback that's already facing so many questions about his arm strength and whatnot to also have his coach not give him that confidence. You can't expect him to succeed. So week one, I thought Mike McDaniel did a great job as far as offensively. I love that I saw Tyreek Hill in motion so much before the play. I felt like 80%. he's going to be the – Yes. It, every time I watched the snap, he was moving. And and you can, the defense can't set up correctly to defend somebody that fast when he's in motion so often. Now, the only bad throw I saw Tua make was one where he was running to his right. He yep. was running to his right, tried to throw across the body, back almost got picked, yeah, and almost got intercepted. Other than that, I thought he had a clean game. Did he play an amazing game? No. 
but this he won he won yep. and that helps build your confidence if you're winning you're beating the patriots which aren't the patriots of old but if you're beating a division rival you're building this confidence i, I can't imagine that it's going to do anything but help that confidence grow uh so definitely a win is a win for sure all right sure. and just and just some of the quick stats he was 23 or 33 270 the big one that jumped out of you his history against the patriots as far as yards per attempt 5.6, 5.0, 7.5. This past game, 8.2. Now, granted, having a player the capability of, of cheating on your team, along with Jalen Waddle, that's going to up those pass, uh, oh, that, yards per that, pass attempt. That, that 55 yard for sure. The rating, 104.4. Again, we're not knocking him. We didn't win because of him, but we also didn't lose the game because of him. So, great <laughs> thing there. The one thing, Ian, and, and you talked about it on your show. One of the one of the listeners brought this up and it was a surprise to me and i get what your co-host said it's not a tight end friendly thing but george kittle if i'm not mistaken was on the san francisco 49ers where mac mcdaniel was the offensive coordinator and he still played a big role in that san francisco 49ers offense now i, I understood his take i want your take because my take was mike Gusecki needs to be involved more than just one target one catch one yard that was the yeah. big that was a big standout to me danny will tell you that I compared him to George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I did not. I said I would put him in the same conversation of a top five tight end as far as his capabilities. But are you with me? One target, one catch, one yard. We need to involve that guy more. And I will tell you, and this is going to be something that's really going to be interesting this coming weekend. It could be that that was the game plan to not use Gusecki as a receiver to really use him at, you know, on the line to try and block, maybe because it was something that they saw with the Patriots. But maybe this weekend against the Ravens, they start working towards the middle of the field because Gusecki, let's be honest, he's another wide receiver, right? He, he, he just he's, – he's more of your slot-type wide receiver. He had his most success when, when he was playing with, uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick because Ryan Fitzpatrick knew how to use him smack dab in the middle of the field. And maybe I, I said this actually before the first game, I said, there are going to be those opportunities. I think Gusecki still has a role here with the Miami Dolphins. I just don't think we've seen it yet because uh, McDaniel really is forcing him to try and learn to block and be used as a blocker. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on Gusecki. He's got the skills. I mean, he's, he, he, he made the most circus catches on the team last season, you know? So again, he's another guy, you throw it up close to him. He's, He's going to make go a play it. on the ball. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'm hoping that McDaniel has something up his sleeve for this weekend to say, uh, hey, we're going to use the tight end because we really didn't use him last time. And guess what? The Ravens are not going to be planning for that. And that's the important thing. Well, the thing is with the Ravens, and I know we're going to get into the Ravens game in a little bit, but yeah. the Ravens have probably the best secondary in the league. So if there's a game to look for your tight end, this would be Mike Kozecki's game to come out and have a good game because – I mean, you can't stop Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle, but they uh, if any team can contain them a little bit, it's gonna be the Ravens secondary. And, and we're gonna we're we're gonna get into that, like you said here in, in a few, but that, that's a big proponent because Mike McDaniel even I mean, yeah, Mike McDaniel even mentioned it in his press conference. He goes, I didn't see Raheem Mostert as much as I wanted to. I'm gonna get him involved next week. Mike McDaniel, I mean, Mike Gusecki's name didn't come up, but I, I think I like that 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 thought process that maybe that was the game plan. We're not going to use you as much week one, but we're going to use you a lot more um, in week two. But before we get off this game, there was a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of players to pick from, you know, that that week one victory. But I kind of want to know what you guys thought, what your standout player was. I'll give you mine real quick. 
I thought it was Brandon Jones again. I've been a Brandon Jones fan since he got drafted. I think the guy is amazing coming off the edge, and I love how often they send him off the edge. He had six tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and obviously Melvin Ingram picked it up for a touchdown. That was my standout player of week one. I think the kid just keeps getting better and better every week. He keeps getting better every year. And eventually having a backfield, and I, I hope I don't get ahead of myself, guys, here, but I'm going to say it. Do you remember the days, Danny, Ian, of having Sam Madison, Patrick Sertan, Brock Marion, <laughs> Brian Walker in the backfield? I'm just saying. I hated it. I hated it for sure. A Byron Jones, <laughs> Xavier Howard, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland backfield. I kind of, I could kind of see it. I'm just saying. But Danny, give me who, who you thought being was coached by player. them, being coached by them. Right. Who do you think was your standout player of Week One? Uh, I mean, I guess it's easy to go with uh, Jalen Waddle because he had the 55 yard touchdown. But I not so much. I mean, maybe I'm looking. I'm thinking ahead. Okay. When I saw how much focus goes put towards Tyreek Hill. Jaden Waddle's going to have such an amazing season because I thought that it might take away from Jaden Waddle, but I really think that he's really going to benefit with all those motions that Tyreek Hill, because teams are going to start focusing. Like, we have to stop this guy and figure out a way to put two over him when he's moving around. Jaden Waddle is going to feast. So, so Jaden Waddle, Jaden Waddle and Chase Edmonds. Why did nobody talk about talk, Chase Edmonds? We we did talk about it. We talked about we were going. I told you there was a, he was going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Yes. Yeah, he he only had twelve carries, I believe twenty five yards, which is rushing total. But he had four catches, forty yards coming out the backfield. He the he listen. He was catching the balls. He was making people miss. A lot of good jukes out there. I, I think Chase Edmonds is a great addition to this offense. But Ian, who was your standout player of Week One? Who would you give that vote to? So I agree with you both, by the way, but I'm going to go with someone different just because I don't like to pick the same players as you guys. But uh, I'm going to say Connor Williams. I'm going to say the center. Oh. Um, here, here's the thing, right? You go back, the last viable center that did anything good for us was Mike Pouncey. And how long ago was that, right? How long ago was that? Five years ago, seven years ago, whatever it was. It's been a turnstile. It's been a rotation ever since Mike Pouncey left. So, yes. Connor Williams had the high snap to start the game. I think he calmed that down throughout the game. But um, he was, if I remember reading this right, he was the top-rated center or one of the top-rated centers in the National Football League this past weekend. And if he can be consistent at that position and we can actually say that that position is taken care of for this season, next season, you know, future seasons, then we're in good shape, guys, because that's been that's been an issue of ours, just trying to shore up some of that offensive line. Well, I will tell you that I, I thought that I wasn't sure if it's that the Patriots overall are just performing at a lot lower level than I'm used to or that the offensive line for the Dolphins has improved. So maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah. But I definitely thought that you guys looked a lot better on the offensive line than I – I mean, this week is going to be a challenge. But week one, I thought you guys passed with flying colors, at least as far as protection goes. I, I'll tell you that, and I'll piggyback off of – of what Ian said right before we move on outside of the first snap of the game, which we all know that went high really snap. high. Yeah. yeah. Outside of that, that guy had no other errors. The way he was blocking downfield, the way he was opening up holes, the way he was double teaming, no tackles. I agree. Ian, he was a very good one to pick, but alas, we must move on. And I want to do a quick look back last year. Danny called it the blueprint. We're going to look back at week 10. The blueprint of we came into it where, if I'm not mistaken, Ian, at that point, we were one in seven, if I'm not mistaken. NFL Network had, I think, their whole 
everybody was picking the Baltimore Ravens to come in here and just stomp us. And it was my first night game um, of that ooh, season. Oh, yeah, it, it was what amazing. a beautiful night. What right. a beautiful night it was. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it because I said, you know what? I, I kind of agree with wherever he's coming from that. Yeah, we're on the low totem pole, but I I've never it been a believer. Sense. I've never been a believer of Lamar Jackson the way everyone else has. And that's neither here nor there. But I said, if you make this guy a passer, you could beat him. And I know that's mm-hmm. that I'm not a genius for thinking that. That's just if you watch the game enough, you know that his strong suit is not passing the rock. Make this guy a passer, you could beat him. And you know what? The Dolphins decided to show up that day and said, you know what? We're going to make him a passer. And they blitzed, zero blitzed the hell out of him. And we shut that Baltimore Ravens offense down. And by offense, mm-hmm. I mean the running back at quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you guys broke the record for most safety blitz in NFL history that game. I don't know if you guys knew that. It was it was yeah. insane. Actually, we were the highest blitzing team last year, and then we were also the highest uh, safety blitzing team um, last year. So since last year, we still hold the crown of. And you saw how often they sent Javon Holland and Brandon Jones this past week. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that. But now we look ahead, and you know one thing that that I saw Ian and Danny um, coming into it, and I kind of figured that the Baltimore Ravens did lead um, the Dolphins when it came to head-to-head victories, but it's only 8-7. to seven. But the last few have been, outside of the one that we destroyed them, they, they usually kick our ass pretty well. And um, I, getting into this, when when Tua played last year, it wasn't we didn't win because of Tua. Again, we won because of the defense. Um, I kind of want to get into it and hear what you guys think, but Danny, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Kyle Fuller is out for the year. Dolphin uh Ravens corner. Yep. Um uh, another, their, their other corner, I'm forgetting the, the name right now. If you Marcus guys get Peters. That Humphrey? Yep. Peters Marcus, and Humphreys, Marcus, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Marcus Peters is also questionable for the game. When you come into it, again, another situation, and I get our offensive line is banged up, but this is another situation where you could technically take advantage of the Ravens secondary and that defense because their strength is up front. Those front seven are lethal, and they'll get after you. But I kind of want to know what you guys think about this upcoming game. So, Danny, hit me with it. When when you're looking ahead, what do you see from this game? Well, first of all, I, I didn't know that you guys have never won in MNT Bank Stadium over there in Baltimore. So that was news to me. Do I think yeah. that makes a big deal? No, but that was interesting. Uh, I just watched this Ravens team beat up on my Jets team. Yep, that's why I came to and- you first. And I will tell you that I am not impressed with this Ravens team. I understand that they beat up on them, but they beat up on them off of a long pass interference. Like it was, the Jets are just bad. But the, the Ravens, I, I, they honestly didn't impress me that much. I think you guys should be able to handle them uh, if you guys, if the O line can stand up. Because where the Jets failed was they got pressure, and with Joe Flacco back there, they couldn't do anything because he just, he just, he's a statue back there. Yeah. So if the O line stands up. With the injuries that they have in the secondary, I, I don't see them stopping Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waddle. And as far as your defense goes, Lamar Jackson didn't rush at all against us. We completely stopped the that. run. But when I was watching the game, to me, it seemed like he wasn't looking to run. He was looking to pass. Not sure why. I think I know because, why, but I'll get into it in a second. Okay, but it looked like it was by design. He wasn't looking to pass. He wasn't looking to run. If you guys can contain the run, Mark Andrews, if Sauce Gardner was able to defend Mark Andrews and shut him down, 
I can't imagine that Xavier and Howard can't do the same. So if we were able to more, because again, I don't want to get too much into the Jets, but if we were able to more or less dominate that game defensively up until the fourth quarter, I think you guys should be able to handle this Ravens team handedly. All right. And, and, and Ian, I'll, I'll go to you now. Um, the coach didn't commit today to either Teron Armstead or Austin Jackson playing. Obviously, Austin Jackson, because of the ankle, Teron Armstead, he only missed one series, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, against the Patriots. I don't think it's a big deal. I think he's playing coy. It's like, why give the Ravens any other ammo to potentially plan against us? I think Teron Armstead, I agree with what you said on DolphinStock.com. I think Teron Armstead will play. But missing Kyle Fuller, missing Marcus Peters, this has to be ripe for the taking for us, right? Yeah, and, and uh, heading back to Baltimore for an away game reminds me of the last game that we played there. And you guys may remember, that was the Kiko Alonso personal uh, personal foul against Joe Flacco, yes, knocked Joe him Flacco. out, right? And he's like, check yeah. please, right, with his hand. And also, I think that was a t- that was the one where Dominic and Sue took the defender by his neck. Neck, yep. And uh-huh. yeah, and, and he ended up getting thrown out of the game on that one. So that was the last time, and that was a loss for the Dolphins. Obviously, forty, 40 to zero, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the the score on that one. It it, it was not good, but yeah, you know, I think there's a couple of questions, and and they're they're probably or they will get answered this coming Sunday, right? The the question is, was the New England Patriots just really bad or was or were the Miami Dolphins just really good, right? That's one of the questions. And then the same thing is going to go for the Ravens. Was it the fact that the Jets are just really bad or the, or the Ravens are just really good? And I think that's going to come to head this coming weekend. And, you know, the, the Dolphins do have against them the fact that this is going to be the home opener for the Ravens. Anytime you're at a home opener, there's some excitement. There's going to be more more fans. There's going to be a lot more noise. You know, so you're going to have that. But let's see if what Coach McDaniel said is really going to come to fruition. And what he said was, we want game one to be the worst game of our season. We want to be able to learn from our mistakes and then continually get a little better. And I'm sure he has gone into that film room with Tua and said, look, here was an opportunity you could have thrown the ball 25 yards down the field, but you chose to throw the five-yard pass instead, right? I'm not going to get mad at you if you throw it down 25 yards and it ends up being an incompletion. I want you to take those chances and let Tyreek make a play, let Waddle make a play, or let Gasecki make a play, right? We're going to give you some of that time. And, and to your point, too, I do think Teron Armstead is going to play. I think Austin Jackson is still up in the air, but uh, what is it? I think it's Robert Jones is the backup, and he came in and did a really nice job I agree. when Austin Jackson was out for the game. So I think we can hold our own, and if we can get that extra time in the pocket, I think that's, I think you'll see Tua throwing those down the field. Go ahead. That's going to be key. No, what, one thing that I did want to mention that I forgot to bring up earlier, one thing that disappointed me about the Dolphins week one is that in reality they only scored 13 points on offense. And – if you take out, I mean, obviously they scored that 55-yard touchdown, but it was on fourth down. If they do the what you're supposed to technically do and punt it, they don't score a touchdown there. So yeah. I felt like the offense didn't produce as much as I thought it would. Like I know I was a little more grounded than maybe 305 Sports Babe and, and Manny because you guys were predicting a big game. I, 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 I thought twenty. You, I think I predicted 24, and she predicted around 27, th- if I'm not mistaken. And then, and I predicted more or less 17, but yes. I. But, I was very surprised that they only got one touchdown and two field goals, and that one touchdown came on a fourth and seven, which, I mean, most people wouldn't even try that out, which 
hey, I give it to Mike Medenga. I thought it was awesome. But if he doesn't, if it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out, you know, then you got six points on the board. So I, My, here's, I, I was, I was getting concerned, Danny, after the Patriots came down and Ty Montgomery caught that pass and, and scored a touchdown. I just thought to myself, there is no reason that this game should be this close. Yep. Because I really felt that the Dolphins had much of the momentum. The defense was really holding as much as they possibly could. And I just thought to myself, there is no way we're leaving game one against this team that had a horrible preseason because the, the, the Patriots oh, had a horrible preseason. Um, and, you know, we've got all this hype and we've got all this great talent. We just – there's no way we should lose this game. And, and I, I honestly felt that it was going to be a 35-17 to 17 game. That, and it should have been. After, you know what at halftime it was 17 it was 17 nothing right at halftime yes. yep that first yep. drive that we got because we we got the ball after halftime i really felt like we should have just jammed it down their throat run it down the field but we just came out really flat after halftime and it took us some time to be able to get some additional scores so we learn we won we're excited about that um and let's see what we can do week two and if we can go into baltimore and we can prove and win that game, and we can prove to all these people, you know, that yes, we can win these games against difficult or you know successful opponents. Then I think you're going to see a lot of narrative change about the Dolphins, and I think you'll see a lot of the people, you know, who are questionable about about Tua, um, kind of start coming around a little bit because we just we want those wins. You know, I, I he like doesn't it. need 500 yards to, for stats. We just want Correct. the wins. I like it. And <laughs> funny enough that you mentioned at halftime that we're up 17-0. Ian, funny story before we, we, we picked his game, and I, I kind of alluded Danny to it before the show. I didn't make it past halftime. And why do you ask? The sun, sir. The sun got Ooh. to me. At That's one right. Point, I remember where you're sitting. I yep. remember because I saw you in that area that, that time. At, at one point, um, it was two minutes left to the half. It was right before that fourth and seven. I looked at my buddy that I took to the game, and I said, I think the sun's getting to me. And he goes, we should probably get upstairs then. And I said, you know what? Give me a couple more minutes and let's see if I could, you know, withstand it. Stupid idea, by the way. And he looked at me and said, if you wait a couple more minutes, I'm pretty sure you won't make it up the steps. I said, you are a smart man. Let's go ahead and do that. And by the time I got to the top, my whole body cramped up on me. And it was time to leave the stadium. I was severely dehydrated. EMTs had to come oh. check me out. Oh no! Yep, yep. I could. <laughs> I did not. I did not finish the game. And the reason I brought this up is just to bring a little bit of humor, guys. Drink your water, especially if you're in South Florida. <laughs> drink your water. I know Danny had some questions for me before we move on. Danny, what are those? No, questions? no. I, it's not a question. It's yeah. You know what I think happened? You guys scored 17 in the first half, and then you left. Yep. I think that's, that's the, reason. the key, right? There. That's, that's the, the key. Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> You as gotta make sure you being. Right. both stay hydrated, <laughs> and the dolphins will be okay. I appreciate that. I appreciate before, it. But yeah, before they put that canopy on, I used to take my dad to games, and and that sun would be down. And if we didn't come with a wet towel and spray bottles to spray us with water, there was no way we were going to be able to finish that game to the very end. It, it is, it is, it was hot. It was hot there. What do they say? 110 degrees, I think. Field uh, field temperature yes. for that yeah. game. And, and I sit row one, section 130, so I'm as close to the field as possible. And it was like 105 when I checked my phone. Even my phone was oh, trying wow. to die, die out on me. But I got up. Listen, Ian, it, I'll be honest with you. I'm a 38-year-old man going on 39. It was a scary moment. I said, I have never felt this in my life. 
I'm I've, I'm used to being out in the sun, but like I said, we're getting old. We're getting old over here. How, how and, did the uh, EMTs know they come to you? They so when I got to the top, and we're we're, we're going on too long of this already. You now you just you egging it on. When I got to the top, <laughs> I I I said I need to sit down, but I didn't. My body was like, you're not going anywhere. So Nelson noticed that I couldn't get down. He brought the EMTs over, and uh, Ali and other like, hey, you're all right. I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely. Whoops. <laughs> but like I said, drink your water. Drink a lot of water the night before. Drink even more water the day. And I'm not a drinker, guys. So you can't blame it on alcohol here. I Me do neither. not drink. Yep. I don't smoke. I literally got to the stadium. I grabbed myself one of the little personal pizzas. I drank two bottles of water before heading down to my seat before game time. Still. As as Ian wanted, he said he wanted everybody in their seats before the game started to Thank be you. as loud as possible. Thank you. I, I was there and um yeah. The sun kicked my ass. Hey, Ian, I have a question for you because Manny gripes about this all the time. Sure. How I I didn't I couldn't tell over the TV. Are you guys being quiet when you guys are on offense? I I will tell you that this game particularly, mm-hmm. I felt like the fans did a better job of Thank being you. quiet on offense. In in and and I'll tell you, at certain points. There were some people that were starting their, you know, let's, let's go, go Dolphins, Dolphins chance. on offense, and everybody was like trying to shut them up, <laughs> and 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 I think it worked because they didn't continue. Now in prior years, someone would start, let's go Dolphin, and then they'd keep it going. Now also, I think the players had a had a, a say in that because you saw the players doing this at a certain points, and I think everybody was like, all right, time to time to be quiet now. Yeah. The, the one thing, and I'd say last point before we move on, because Danny brought it up. The one thing I will tell you that in my section, section 130, where I'm surrounded by nothing but Patriots fans, it's very easy for me to be like, shut the hell up to my Dolphins. Because there's like a whole 10 in my section. But uh, section 129, where, you know, a lot of, of our friends are 305. I mean, uh, Spare Fingers, Doll Freaky and her clan. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very good at telling their fans to shut up. But all I hear from the 300s, let's go Dolphins. I'm like, I wish I was up there. I but wish I was. But no, up there. but it's be- it's because those are those are casual fans, which is okay. They're, they're casual fans, but they're used to going like let's say a heat game. The Heat are on offense. You're chanting "Let's go Heat" because it doesn't right. affect the offense. Right. So I I think it's an education thing because we haven't had a we really haven't had a, a good consistent football team in well over twenty years. Fair enough. So you've got an entire generation of of kids, of teenagers, of 20-something-year-olds. Watching from home. They've never experienced that. They've never seen that before. So they, they don't, don't know what know. they're supposed to do. Right. Exactly, exactly. So, so what you're saying, Danny, is stop being mean to the Dolphin fans around me. They probably don't yeah. know any better. That's the point you're be, probably be, making. Be nice. How am, I, how am I a Jets fan? And I'm nicer to Dolphin fans than you are. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Danny, we're, we're approaching that scapegoat where we got a few minutes left. It's time for the Batter Fin fans. Give me your prediction portion of this. And – you're right. Last week, I, I did go high. But it's because mm-hmm. I expected much more out of my offense than I guess a lot of us did. A lot of us did expect more out of this offense. But I'm going to give the Ravens way more credit, even though they're potentially down a couple corners, that they have a much better defense than what the New England Patriots have. And when, I, when I'm when i looking at everything, right, when I'm looking at everything, so I'm going to predict that Teron Armstead is going to play. Let's say that we do have another right tackle in place, even though Austin Jackson was getting beat a lot, Ian. And, and I'll obviously give you a shot here in a second to talk about that. Austin Jackson was getting beat like there's no tomorrow. Um, Tua's main pressure when he had to run for his life was coming from that right side of the ball. It is what it is. I, 
ESPN has us has them as 72% favorites. We're a three point and a half underdog at the moment. Like Danny said, we've never gone to MT and one up there. But I still feel that our offense is much stronger than their defense, and our defense is much stronger than their offense. By a lot, maybe not. I think Lamar Jackson is still a problem at running back. I mean, quarterback. And um, I think we win this game. I don't think it's high scoring. I'm going to go 2017 Dolphins win this game. Ian, what's your guess for this game? Yeah, I I think when you look at the teams and you kind of go player on offense versus player on defense and you kind of do that on both sides of the ball, you know, for both teams, I think that the Dolphins has more playmakers. And I think the Dolphins has more players that you'll end up seeing making it to the Pro Bowl, you know, at the end of the year. Um, I, I think that's just how it's been designed. I think that's how it's been put together. And yes, Lamar can run, and maybe that's the game plan. Maybe he didn't show what he wanted to show versus the Jets, and maybe that's what they're going to do this weekend. Very possible, but, very possible, because he was – I'm telling you, I was watching it, and he was staying purpose. He wasn't even thinking about running. But like I said, too, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to have something up their sleeves. I don't think they showed everything last weekend against the Patriots. And I love the designs and the complexity that Mike McDaniel shows with his team that you really don't know where you're going to go. And what did you say? 70% of the plays, there was some as 80, some movement, 80%, 80 of the plays. Tyrese Hill's offensive nap, 80% of them were with motion. So, so you just yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with the ball, and you have to pay attention to Tyreek, or else you you know he can he can run it to the yeah, house. So, I also agree though that I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. Now it could be, and you know we're just totally off. But I, I'm I'm calling it Dolphins twenty four, and the Ravens twenty one. I think we're going to get our first victory there, and I think we're going to come home, and we're going to be going up against the two and zero Bills team at home in Miami, ninety five hundred degree weather. Um, <laughs> To that, water. That, man, that would be that would be insane. We've got some payback against these bills. So hey, that'll be the biggest game in a while. Yeah. And, and Danny, yeah. Be, Danny, before you give me your your prediction, I don't think it's had anything to do with what you're going to give me, but just to give you some feedback. The Miami Dolphins this previous week jumped to number eleven in the power rankings. Their next three opponents: number six, number one, number seven. Before the season the Ravens started, Ravens are number six. Yes. Before the season start, yeah, I get it. Before the season started, I said our best case scenario. I assumed our best case scenario is we come out of this two and two, and I told you I think the, the losses were going to come. Um, I'm sorry, I thought the losses were going to come for sure against the Bills, and I thought if we're going to lose, it's going to be in a short week against the Bengals. I thought we'd start season two and zero oh, just because I didn't believe in the Patriots, and I don't believe in the well, I believe more in the Baltimore Ravens than I do the New England Patriots. But I think we're still in a better position than the Baltimore Ravens are. So I know it's not going to do a lot, but we have to win one of these next three against the number six, number one, and number seven power ranked teams. What do you think going into this weekend for us? No, I think you guys also win. Your strength is is your cornerbacks, but Lamar Jackson doesn't have the arm to throw out there. So he throws down the middle more than anything, and he'll throw deep. And because you guys are, might go zero blitz again like you did last time, I mean, what you have to do is you have to get Xavier and Howard and put him on Mark Mark Andrews. So as long as you stop that tight end, he, uh, you guys are a lot better than the Jets are in the secondary. And we just had some some miscommunication back there with some guys who are just running free. I can't see you guys doing that. I can't yeah. imagine Lamar Jackson putting up a lot of points on you guys. I, 
I think you guys. You don't I see another. You, get, you don't see another. I, three I think t- you guys get it. I think you guys get in the end zone. If your offensive line holds up, let me. I see you guys getting in the end zone three times. I think you guys win twenty-one to ten. I like that. And, and you're saying that Lamar Jackson won't have another three touchdown performance day, like he did against the Baltimore Ravens all through the air. By the way, Ian, three touchdowns all through the air against his New York Jets. And when we talk Jets, I will explain to you what exactly happened there and why it was not impressive and why it was not impressive. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. And and I have the Dolphins going three and one the first four games of the season. By the way, I'm very high on the. Uh, and again, it's all about the talented players that we have. And, and, and you, know, you know, you know, somebody we haven't talked about at all yeah. is um, uh, uh, is it Darth Cater Kahu? Um, oh, the, the, yeah. the undrafted Darth Kahu. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, undrafted free agent. You know, he comes in because Byron Jones is out for the first four weeks, and the kid goes out there and makes a name for himself. Yes, and now you've got him. You got Javon. You got Xavier Howard. You got um, Brandon Jones, who, who has obviously proven to also take another step in the right direction. We've got a very viable defense, and and I, I, I'm calling it that I think will be a top five defense when all is said and done by the end of the year. I, I'm not I'm not 100 sure, so if I'm wrong, don't come for me. I believe he's from Texas A&M Central. If I'm not mistaken, is the college that he's out from? Danny's like, who is this guy? Don't worry about it. I'll fill you in when we're off the show. But Ian, again, from the bottom of my heart, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, I look forward to potentially having you on in the future. If you ever need a fluffy bearded guy to talk on your show, I'd be more than happy to join you as well. Or an impartial Jets fan. (laughs) But ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow him at Ian693, the Big E, NFL, I'm sorry, Miami Dolphins fan of the year. It was a pleasure having you. Um, This is the Battered Fins podcast show. We are Battered Fans, and we will see you next week on episode three. Fins up. Fins up, everybody. I can't do it. Sorry.